Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastromonaco, Megan Gailey, Kieran Deal, and What A Day's Akila Hughes tackle the following questions. Can you make people angry enough to market your Hillary documentary for you for free? Is it funny or sad when influencers pose knee-deep in a toxic lake for the likes? Is it possible to start a friendship by hitting somebody with a door? All this and more, starting right now. Before we get to the show, one quick item of housekeeping. If you're not already listening to What a Day, which you should be because it's great, next week I will be filling in for Akila when she's out. So I will be guest co-hosting What a Day with my old pal from the Daily Beast, Gideon Resnick. And uh, you should tune in. I think it'll be a fun journey for all of us. The president has selected as his impeachment defense team several screaming men who would probably receive unanimous votes to get into the Sex Creep Hall of Fame. We've got not one, but two alumni of Jeffrey Epstein's legal defense team, Ken Starr, and America's second most powerful dirty old man, Alan Dershowitz. Guess Donald Trump expects Senate Republicans to take impeachment about as seriously as they take sexual abuse allegations against rich white guys, which is to say, not at all. But with less than a year to go before we inaugurate our next president, fingers crossed, and with less time to go between now and the Iowa caucuses than it takes contestants on The Bachelor to say I love you, the Democratic primary field is still pretty crowded, so as much as I'd love to chat with all of you about what a gross person Ken Starr is, today we're talking about what's going on with the Dems. To help, I'm going to call my friend, former deputy chief of staff under President Barack Obama, and the only person I know to accidentally flash a living secretary of state, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Hello. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Erin. Um, you've been watching The Bachelor, right? Yes. It's terrible this season. Okay. I'm behind, which means I guess I'm ahead in life. You um, are. Yeah. But okay, here's something that has been kind of bugging me a little bit. They've been leaning in 
so much to the sexiness of pilots or this assumed sexiness of airline pilots, you know? Like, yeah, oh, they it's, have. It's true. And There's it's, a lot of leather and fancy cars pulling up to his to his little plane. Right, right. And it's like, oh, look at him in his uniform and whatever. And it's like, ooh, pilots. Everybody's into pilots, right? And this isn't the first time that the Bachelor franchise has been kind of leaning into pilots. Do you remember the Jake season? No. Well, no, that he, was before I succumbed. He was a... I've been watching this for longer than some dogs have been alive. <laughs> um but it, there was another pilot on on the show, and every and it was like, yeah, ladies, you love pilots. What? I I don't love pilots. I watched too many episodes of Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid. So when I see a pilot, I think Secret Family. <laughs> I mean, that is if you are if you are a fan of the Lifetime genre of movie, that is definitely the conclusion you come to. Yeah, I think Secret Family, and the handsomer the pilot the more brazen the secret family and the and the more, more families and the more secret families some of them probably got five six secret families and this is based on nothing <laughs> this opinion it's just me based on watching unsolved mystery reruns on uh, on lifetime so um but anyway that's that's my the thing that's uh, stuck in my craw this week <laughs> You know what? Of all the things that could be stuck in that craw of yours, it's not a terrible one. No, it's it's not. Um, but let's talk about something real, maybe. That, that's I know. <laughs> what was that noise? It was my fake cat hairball pre-barf burp. That's a, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's vivid, right? It's you really. It it's I do feel it. <laughs> I feel it in my mind. I feel it in my spirit. Um, so the New York Times editorial board released Ugh. its endorsements, I know, I know, of uh, <laughs> in- endorsements for the Democratic primary for president. And wow, shock of shocks, they uh, they hyped it up a lot um, and they tried to make it seem like it was the most important thing in the world. And then they didn't really endorse anybody. They endorsed two people. They endorsed Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar. What did you think about their choice or cop out? It's a fucking cop-out. I mean, here's the thing. It's actually not a cop-out. It felt more like a made-for-TV moment, like that everyone was in, you know, anticipating this New York Times endorsement, which, like, let's be clear, for Amy Klobuchar, the Quad City Times endorsement in Iowa was probably, in the, in, in practice, a bigger deal for her. And you read it, and they play it up, and there's a video, and they're like, it's Warren and Amy Klobuchar. And you're like, oh my God. And they're like footnote about it, like why they're so, why their endorsement is so important. It's as if to say, America, we are feminists. And like, it's just, just fucking pick one. What's an endorsement? You don't endorse two people. Has that even ever happened before? I, I it just, know. it just felt like, come on. <laughs> I mean, did you feel pandered to? Yeah, I felt pandered to. I was like, what do you think? I don't see through you right now. Like, yay, New York Times, feminist as fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's this is the same uh, New York Times that has an editorial page that is a veritable minefield of uh, of idiot opinions. Uh, Brett Stevens is still writing for the New York I Times. I forgot about him. Yeah, he's around. <laughs> The bed bug, <laughs> the bed bug himself, he's he's around. Um, and you know we have we've got Barry Weiss still writing for the opinion pages of the New York Times. We've got really. Uh, I actually don't think that this is any indication. I think the New York Times thinks that this is an indication that they are uh, feminist. You know, look, like look, we're down, we're down with the ladies, we're down with women's lib or whatever they still call it in the in the annals of the times <laughs> in the, in the uh, newsroom, right? Exactly, it's like some seventies era nomenclature. Um, 
But honestly, I think that this is more of a reflection of the New York Times getting a little bit Trumpy. And I don't mean Trumpy in that they're sharing his ideology. I mean that they're Trumpy in that they're sharing his methodology. Donald oh, Trump, yes. yeah, Donald Agreed. Trump is all about getting attention, and he's all about um, uh, manipulating the media and controlling the news cycle. And this just felt like something that was more artifice than than it was uh, substance. And I think that when you look past the actual presentation, there was a lot of substantial information there. Right. Um, so it was a shame that the presentation kind of cheapened what the Times had actually done. Um, right. I mean, I read the whole thing, and that's the, you know, the, I guess I have a very radical view right now. In the world as we exist, right, as, as fake, fake news, I think I just want like fewer opinions on the people giving me from the people giving me my news and just like just the facts, as they used to say in the old movies, just the facts, ma'am. Like that's how I feel right now. I don't kind of want to know what they think. I just want them to tell me what they know that's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, here's another thing I was thinking as I was as people on Twitter were were lambasting this. Um, I I can't think of a single person whose vote would be changed by the New York Times no. endorsement. But no. what I, but what I could think of as I was looking at it, so Bernie Sanders supporters, um, and rightfully so, have perceived that a lot of people in the mainstream media seem to have a uh, bias against Bernie. Now, not everybody, obviously, right. but a fair enough number of people in the mainstream media seem to display a bias against uh, Bernie that, um, I think that they're on high alert for instances of media bias against Bernie. And mm -hmm. when something like the Times comes out and it says something like, uh, here's what it said regarding Bernie. Mr. Sanders would be 79 when he assumed office and after an October heart attack, his health is a serious concern. He promises that once in office, a groundswell of support will emerge to push through his agenda. Three years into the Trump administration, we see little advantage to exchanging one overpromising divisive figure in Washington for another. Um, that's some pretty harsh words for Bernie. And uh, knowing that the Bernie Sanders supporters that I know um, wouldn't take that and be like, oh, OK, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, totally. Like, that's the sort of thing that gets people on on Bernie in Bernie's camp really fired up. And and rightfully so, I think. I think it is fair if they find that unfair. <laughs> yeah. Also, ever since his October heart attack, he has not seemed to slow down whatsoever. Remember the debate? No. Right after? Yeah, he came back. It's almost like he came back with like a superpower. I like, know. Like those three days down in the hospital fucking, brought, you know, pumped even more life into him. Yeah. It was It was like, oh my gosh, Bernie is radiating some kind way, of... In the way, I would just like to say, like, if you think about it, who has more, like, like palpable? I'm not just fucking disparaging anyone so everyone can suck Stop fucking DMing me nasty shit. But like EW and Bernie, who are two of the older candidates in the field, are like nonstop. Like, have you ever seen Elizabeth Warren appear tired? No. And I'm talking about like after you know she's finished 10,000 selfies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's still, I mean, she, she doesn't appear, uh, she never appears tired. She always um, seems to be very sharp. She doesn't ever seem to kind of, like, she doesn't Biden in and out. She doesn't kind of fade in and out of, of lucidity. No, she thinks faster than any single person on that stage on her feet, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and Bernie, I think, has a similar quality to him. He never seems like he's run down. He sometimes seems, like, slightly crankier, 
or but, like annoyed. Yeah, but I actually don't. I mean, the thing I don't think there's anything wrong with getting cranky about a world that you think is massively fucked up and that you want to fix. Like, get cranky. Well, I want to. I want to um, pivot from talking about Bernie in the context of the New York Times and the New York Times. Uh, kind of coming out with their endorsement, which is, I don't know who it's for. Um, I want to talk about something else that came out this week, um, which was Hillary Clinton is starring in a new documentary, which is about to uh, premiere at Sundance. And one of the things that made news from that documentary is that she doesn't have, uh, she doesn't really feel very warmly about Bernie Sanders. She said he was in Congress for years. He had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney, and I feel so bad that people got sucked into it. Uh, She says that in the film. Um, They did Uh an, uh, the Hollywood Reporter did an interview with her about the film. They asked her if that assessment still holds, and she said, yes, it does. So, Alyssa, what do you make of that? I'm going to tell you what I make. We talked about this a little bit, but my takeaway from everything that happened yesterday is that, one, Did you know about this documentary before yesterday? Nope. No. So it appears to me that between The Hollywood Reporter and the documentarian Nanette Bernstein, that what they did yesterday, this, this whole thing to like gin up, you know, awareness about the documentary feels akin to yelling fire in a crowded theater. Like, it feels very irresponsible. And, you know, Hillary is allowed to say whatever the fuck she wants. She is, she has dedicated her life to public service. She has endured more than her share of bullshit. Um, So she can say what she says. I think that based on what was reported out yesterday morning, that Bernie's response, I mean, look, they're going into impeachment hearings. Every reporter in the world is staked out. You knew he was going to be asked, Bernie, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody likes you. How does that make you feel? And I thought that he responded with a plum, you know, and was just like, well, on a good day, my wife likes me. So, you know, <laughs> like there's that. Uh-huh. And I thought that was great. And, and, you know, I think I tweeted something to the effect of there was no better way to handle it. And people were like, die, bitch. You have always hated Hillary. And I'm like, what is wrong with everyone yeah. in the world right now? And the truth is just that, you know, the 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 way that the, the producer, the documentarian and the Hollywood reporter did it really fucked shit up. You yeah. know, like, I just think it was really irresponsible. And we have so much going on with impeachment and things that are actually vitally important. Um that I just really, I was really, like, I was genuinely upset about it. I thought it was, it was uh, uncool. And that is not a fucking word about Hillary. Mm -hmm. Like I said, she can say whatever she wants. But I think that the tactics used to promote the documentary were a bit unsavory. Yeah, I think here's an important, uh, an important thing that I have to remind myself of is I have to be very wary of reacting to stories that confirm my greatest hopes or my greatest fears um, or my greatest annoyances. And I think a lot of people who support Bernie Sanders um, have, for whatever reason, found Hillary uh, continuing to weigh in on politics, something that kind of supports their fears and annoyances about the party establishment and about entrenched power structures trying to keep Bernie from breaking in, basically. And I I think that 
you know, by reacting en masse yesterday to this news story and to these, this uh, documentary, this clip from a documentary about Hillary Clinton that is a, about a lot more than just that. Exactly. Um, it gave them a lot of free PR. Um, and we, you didn't have to, you know, you don't, you don't have to react. Hillary Clinton isn't running for office right now. You can watch the documentary or not watch the documentary. It seems like it's a re- it's going to be a really interesting portrait that gave uh, filmmakers a lot of access to a historically important figure and got her talking about topics that we haven't seen her talking about before. So it sounds like it'll be an interesting film. If you don't want to see it because it'll make you really, really mad, you don't have to see it. You don't have and to. And you know... You don't have to. and But you know what was hugely enjoyable? I don't know if we've talked about this. Her, uh, Hillary's interview with Howard Stern, which, again, was something where she talked about things I had never seen her talk about. You can watch it online. But um, I thought it was great. But you know what yesterday sent me to? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm feeling depressed about politics, I go down the C-SPAN rabbit hole. And I was like, when was it ever this bad? And I was reminded of the 1980 primary when Ted Kennedy primaried President Jimmy Carter. And I watched large sections of the convention. And I would just, there were not two people who fought more vigorously against each other. And I just, you know, and I don't know if they ever ended up liking each other, but I thought the moment on the convention floor when Kennedy gives, you know, the famous speech that ends you know, for all those whose cares have been our concern, concern. the work goes on, the cause endures, the hope still lives, and the dream shall never die. I just feel like, I don't know, it just, it made me feel less bad that like things can actually get okay again. Because right now it doesn't feel that way. Right. Yeah, I think that's an important reminder is that like every four years or, you know, if we have a person in your own party, eight years, every eight people lose their goddamn minds. Like politics is something that brings people out um, in a way that sometimes is helpful, sometimes is not helpful. But yeah, this is going to be the next few months. People things are going to be pretty heated. And another thing I, I think is really important is like I think people forget that they can log off. You know, like if you say something on Twitter that is taken in bad faith by people who support a candidate you don't support um, and people come for you, you can log off. You can. I, I do it all the time. I agree. And you know what else, though, too? I think that when you are on Twitter, you need to stop or any social media platform. You need to stop and think to yourself, is that person saying something positive about someone or something negative about someone else? And if someone is just saying something positive about someone, I just, even if I don't agree, I just keep going. I don't know. You know what I mean. Yeah. I just, it's like everyone just fucking calm down. We have finite energy and we shouldn't waste it on on dumb shit. We're all putting all this energy no. into like little tiny boxes that we hold in our hands. And there's this big world that is heating up to the point we're all going to boil alive. So we should maybe pay attention to that. <laughs> it's, it's quite true. It's quite true. Um, okay. Well, you know. Alyssa, when I was introing you before I called you up, I gave some glancing reference to a guy that I think deserves his entire segment. And his name, his name is Kenneth Merriweather Starr. Now, I don't Fuck know. That if, guy. Merriweather isn't his middle name. I just made it up. Murgatroyd. <laughs> Kenneth Murgatroyd Starr. Um, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that how, guy. How? Is he like the bad penny that he just keeps coming back? Honestly, it's like, haven't we had enough? Honestly, the guy is like the jeter of sexual assault. 
Like he is, he is like, his whole career has been just characterized by facilitating, exploiting, or enabling or defending men who harm women. Like during the Lewinsky trial, he exploited Monica Lewinsky and harmed her. Uh, yes. And then he moved on to Baylor, where he facilitated an environment where football players could get away with rape pretty easily. Um, and then he got fired uh, for, for, for like, letting football players get away with too much from a school in Texas, which is really tough. So, you know, that's, that's an achievement. Then he served as a member of Jeffrey Epstein's legal team. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Also, don't forget, this is just a little fun fact. I like to always poke in when I think about Ken Starr, that the Star Report, which was written about the Whitewater trial, uh, was written with the help of Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> when he was just a little guy. Honestly, these guys are the New York Yankees of being sex creeps. Just I mean, sex is this creeps. what the Federalist Society is? <laughs> I mean, I'm the Pederalist Society. <laughs> Honestly, I'm starting to feel like that there's the common thread here seems to be like it should be okay for powerful guys to do whatever they want to whoever they want. And we just kind of have to deal with that. And that sucks. Fuck Ken Starr. Fuck him. Fuck uh, the president's legal team. Um, fuck them all. They're all just the worst. Can I say something? Yeah. This was like very necessary therapy. I always feel better after I talk to you, IRL. But oh. like, yeah, I felt like we had to get that purge this shit. Now we're moving on. Yeah. Fuck that guy, Ken Starr. Um, and uh, everybody should just, you know, remind themselves that we all get, we all kind of go nuts every four years and, and this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Okay. Alyssa, great talking to you and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. All right, welcome back after a couple of technical snafus. We are in the big studio today. Wow. The big boy studio. Wow, wow, wow. Recording uh, personal political, and I am no longer alone at a table. I'm going to introduce the wonderful women that are with me today to talk about our big topic. First of all, she's a comedian and actor, and those of you who live in San Francisco can see her at the punchline on Thursday, the 23rd. It's Kieran Deal. Hello. Hello and welcome. I feel, I mean, I felt good before, but now I feel great. Isn't this glamorous mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. here? Just mm -hmm. the lights coming down from the ceiling. I'm <laughs> yeah. just looking from left to right, feeling very special. Well lit, well lit. <laughs> it, it's like half like late night set, half bunker. Yes. Mm. I yes. feel like if something bad happened, this is a safe room. Don't you think that was on purpose? Oh. Oh, maybe. Mm -hmm. Conspiracy theorist Damn. Megan Gailey. I'm just planning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next, comedian and host of the new podcast, which she hosts with her husband. Oh, God. It's Megan Gailey. Hi. How, how's it going? How's the great? We've hist? done we've done four so far, and I'm better at, than it than CJ is. It's hard. <laughs> so that's <laughs> one of our guests told CJ he was flat out wrong. 
he said a name and our guest goes, no, that is incorrect. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and last but not least, she's the host of the Crooked Media podcast, What a Day, Akila Hughes. What it do. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the morning time. Yeah, uh, we record in the big studio. So I'm like, this um, is not glamorous. <laughs> I'm just still at work. Oh, good so, morning. Sorry about that. No, I, sorry no, you get to. Right. Sorry you don't record in a studio that like holds on to heat. <laughs> I love that other room. I always feel like that's glamorous. It no, no. I, my armpits were sweating in there. I oh, had to. Stra- right. I was mm-hmm. spreading my arms out and letting the air get into my armpits through my sweater holes. Yeah, the pot is greener on the other side. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of good sweater material that the listeners are never going to get, but yeah, just know so that it's there. It's there. <laughs> and if you ever want it, let us know. Yeah, yeah ask be us there about in the it. archives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll send it to the Library of Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this week, I wanted to talk about a topic that I find myself thinking about a lot, and I don't like that I'm thinking about it as much as I am. And then I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, but there's never, there's no going back. And were we ever living in a time when this didn't exist? And and then I then I get kind of existential. Um, we're going to talk about influencers, and by that I mean the people who are on social media, the people who are on TV with no discernible skills beyond making themselves look happy while enjoying goods and services. I guess. Um, we're, but that is a skill. <laughs> is that the definition? That's that is the definition. Is that what you would call an influencer, Karen? I don't know. Like, but but it's is it that you have to not have another skill other than being like essentially popular? I don't think that's what they would want it called. I mean, one of these questions, like, what do you think of when you think of an influencer? And I was like, I think of someone that doesn't have another job. Oh, gotcha. But as you like read through, it's like, oh, all these people have like 17 jobs, which sometimes equals no job. Mm-hmm. You know, like the more things on a business card the less good you are at all of those. (laughs) If you're like, I'm a chef, a magician, a masseuse, it's like, I'm not going to hire you to do any of those things for me. Just like a comedian then. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't want to go there, but that's exactly what it is. I was like, that's exactly, that's literally how I describe a comedian to people. Yeah. What do do you want? A script? What do you want? This? What do you want? That? I got something. I'll do it all. I know exactly. They're like the people on the street in New York Mm -hmm. who have a bunch of buskers. Yeah. Or it's like, you got a hat. You want a hat? Yeah. Yeah. You want a ruler? I got a ruler. (laughs) Like, it's like that. Um, Or it's maybe sad commentary on late stage capitalism that you have to have 15 different jobs and most of them are embarrassing. I don't know. Akila, what do you think an influencer is? Ooh, I mean, honestly, I think I'm going to—it's weird that I am on the side of influencers right now. It's so rare. Um, I think that influencers are just people who have a lot of influence. And so I think that, like, social media is one definition, but I actually think that, like, celebrity culture at all has always been influential. And, like, that's how you maintain status. Mm -hmm. And so I think that— We've just democratized it with the internet, <laughs> with everything, you know? Like So any dipshit can be an influencer. Yeah, like sort of how like uh, comedy on Instagram is just like a premise. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no acting skill. There's no second beat. It's just, what if you were tall? <laughs> Here's a bunch of clips of me being tall. <laughs> like I think that we're just like, okay, anyone can be funny, I guess, mm-hmm. to like three people and that's enough. Right. But I mean, yeah, I think that's a really good point that influ- this isn't the first wave of yeah. influencers. People have always been. I remember reading women's magazines or like teen magazines when I was a kid. 
and them showing like what a celebrity was wearing and being like, get the look and mm-hmm. showing what things that you could get from, I don't know, Delia's or Alloy catalog or whatever. <laughs> um, Keela knows this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do. I'm deep. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, get the look and now you can dress like them and now you can be like them mm-hmm. and now you can be happy like them. Um, but I think that right now we're in a moment where influencers are sort of both people who influence us and people who have put themselves out in public enough that we almost feel like a license to be mean to them and Mm -hmm. to be happy when bad things happen to them. Like, Mm -hmm. here's what I'm thinking about (laughs) specifically. Um, An article that brought me great joy and then shame (laughs) Uh about the joy. Um, So there's a lake in Mm. Siberia uh, that is bright blue. Mm -hmm. And last year, maybe a year and a half ago, there was an article about how influencers were flocking to the the beach of this lake because they wanted to take photos of themselves standing in it. Problem is the lake is a toxic dump site. And if you were to stand in the lake too long, you would ostensibly grow flippers or worse, yeah. tumors probably. Yeah. Actually, I heard about this one in advance. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I have no idea what's going on. I was like, I know this one. <laughs> and I the, know this one. Well, the tone of the article was basically like, ha ha. And the tone of my brain while reading it was like, ha ha. Um, Megan, why do you think that we take joy in watching, like, embarrassing things happen to influencers? Some of it, honestly, probably has to be jealousy. I think to some, like, I saw influencers post staying at a hotel that I had paid for. And I was like, well, I want to post and get to stay there for free. And so when shitty things happen to them, I'm like, that's what you get for getting free stuff. Mm -hmm. But this Siberian lake thing, it's like, well, this is bad because chemical waste is bad. And even though it makes the lake look pretty, going and taking a picture next to it is still sending a very strange and not even true. You're not at an ocean. You're next to a Russian chemical plant. It, it, this reminded me of The Simpsons. Like this was, Homer would be like, mm. this is pretty Marge. And then they would get their family Christmas card taken in front of Mr. Burns, like bubbling lava lake mm-hmm. and think that that was like, it's, we've gotten so far out of what is normal that you almost have to make fun of it or you're, you're in a true sadness over the state of our society. It's I feel like, like my fucking dad. No, I'm not. like, what's happening to the world? It's very kids get off my lawn. But like I post thirst traps all the time and I'm married. And I'm like, please look at my ass. Non-ironic satire. When you said The Simpsons is like non-ironic satire. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that people, the reason I would imagine that you feel like haha or whatever is the inauthenticity of the gesture is what's uh, always kind of, you know, we're all every, like the internet is a place where you can kind of present the image that you want, but an influencer is a person who has made it their job to kind of curate a lifestyle that they are selling to you as like, this is normal. And I think, I think what can be challenging is that of course we're going to compare ourselves. Like if you're like, there was some articles that were in the outline this week of like moms. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was Murphers. like, and, right. And then there's these moms in Byron Bay who like live this perfect, perfect life with like all these white women and they're all kind of like rich with their like micro businesses. And it's just like, yeah, I could, I have friends who are moms and like, it's really fucking hard and I'll listen to them have a breakdown. And I'm sure that if you're scrolling through Instagram and that's what you see, you'd be like, man, 
I need to be better at this, you know? Um, I think that it does like present, I mean, here's, here's something that I do that I think is like influenced by influencers is if I'm at my house, I just like influenced by influencers. Influenced <laughs> if I am, yeah, if I'm an influencee, um, if I'm at my house and I'm going to post something to Instagram, like I, if I'm reading a book, I'll post a picture of it because mm-hmm. I think like reading is good and that's the thing people should share. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll post a picture of it, but before I do, I'll make sure that I set it down on a surface that I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay mm-hmm. with people seeing this surface in my house. And if there's something in the way, I'll clean it up even if that space is usually cluttered and it's like this is never clean this isn't how my house looks this mm-hmm. is this is just what i'm or like if i'm like i posted a mirror selfie the other day but before i did that i had to take down like <laughs> everything four, in the back. <laughs> yeah there was like four towels hanging on the edge of the door and like i had to take everything Hot. down throw it on Hot. my bed and pretend like oh yeah my hallway is always pristine and it's like mm-hmm. no it's not mm-hmm. it's not nothing is ever clean like it is on Instagram. Um, okay. Have you guys been watching The Circle? Oh. I watched an episode <laughs> last night. You, watch, oh. and you guys, okay, so I have been watching The Circle on Netflix because my friend Haley texted me telling me her entire improv group was watching The Circle on Netflix and that she was watching it and she hated it. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to watch it now if you hate it this much. I need to see what all the fuss is about. It is a, for those who haven't watched it, it's a reality show where people are sequestered in individual apartments in the same building and forced to join a social network with each other where they compete to be the most liked person. And uh, and you can pretend to you be can anybody. Catfish, yeah. You can catfish people. You can pretend to be anybody. Wait, so they can aggregate photos from the internet or something? They, yes. Yeah. They, they oh, can so come. Did you not watch it? No, <laughs> I don't watch reality. I'm sorry. I tried to watch an episode <laughs> last night. I try. I tried. I could not get the f- through the first one. And this is my issue. Like, if I'm watching reality television, I like at least I'm watching. I'm watching a screen where other people are interacting, which I'm not doing at the time. On I'm on my sofa being a piece of shit watching other people <laughs> interact. Mm-hmm. Right. But now you want me to watch a screen where I'm watching other people interact on a screen. Get the fuck out of my life. Get the fuck out of my life. Are you kidding me? That's too removed. It's, yeah. No. Yeah, it's actually another Simpsons thing. Like people yeah. watching TV, watching TV. It sort <laughs> like, of reminds like, me of the photo. Infinity mirrors. Mm-hmm. It's like, but it's like so many different forms of media layered on top of each other. It's like I saw in a newsletter, a, like a Politico newsletter, I saw a photo of Lev Parnas watching himself be interviewed on Rachel Maddow. Like, a f- it was like the same kind of thing. It's like, do I want to watch people consuming media as part of my media, mm. which is very college professor. Oh my goodness. I, it, they don't actually make it. <laughs> I loved it. They don't make it clear if any of these people have large social media followings Already. going into mm. it either. Like, it's like, mm. we don't even know if these, I mean, they're all like attractive or interesting or like have something going on. So, but they're not in and of itself, influencers outside of the show, I don't think. But there are people that go on reality television for the sole purpose. They're not there to win the That's money. The They're not there now. to mm-hmm. try and find love. They're there to try and build their social media mm. following. And that is actually, I don't think there was a study, but I think like it's in sort of accepted that in the UK, you would be better suited to go on Love Island than to go to university. Oh, for sure. Because right. you will be able to start making actual money mm-hmm immediately mm-hmm. and 
but I guess it, because I kept, when I was reading all these articles this night, I was like, I feel so old. But then these moms, it's like they almost transition from like, oh, yeah. I'm a hot girl to, oh, I'm a mom now. Yeah. And that like, you have to almost evolve into a new kind of type. Yeah, yeah, genre yeah. to be able to keep it going. And like within that, I would say like people who don't want children sometimes just get a dog that's very cute. Yes. And then the, all of their content is yeah. that. And I'm like, okay, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> like we're making our dog an influencer because we have to monetize every part of our lives. There's famous <laughs> like, cats. What are There's hobbies? famous dogs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I follow several. Yeah, we I, made this happen. I love I, them. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> They post good shit. Okay? <laughs> I follow this account called The Kitten Lady on Instagram, which is this woman who rescues like neonatal kittens and her fiance, I don't know if they're married yet, who's I am the cat photographer. I am so invested in their lives. They had a kitten that they rescued recently and it died. And I was destroyed for like yeah. a day. And it's like, look, kittens die all the time. It's like one of the main things that they do. That's why there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I was so, it, it's, it's crazy. I know, I knew and I know when I log on to Instagram and I'm like, what's kitten lady up to? What are the cats doing? Mm. I'm like, I know what I'm doing, but I also like can't not do it because their life seems so interesting. Do you know how much time you guys spent? Like I got a new phone and it has screen time on oh, it. Do you yeah. know how much time you spend? A Mine's lot. not a lot anymore because now I have a job. <laughs> but it used to be like a hundred hours. I'm like, okay. Mine's a lot. Yeah. Mine's like Mine's three like and a half hours a day. Five a week. I have I'm never on my phone I haven't, What's yours, Kieran? Yeah, it was. I was shocked that it was around three hours a yeah. day. Like, yeah. and then it's on some days it was like five hours a day. And I was like, the fuck is this? What am I doing? What yeah. am I doing with my life? Emails, but I working. Think, I think it counts like when you're using Google Maps. Or Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime your phone doesn't turn off. That's okay, true. So I was well. like, the Google Map thing made me feel a little better. I was like, yeah, I like that need... might be at least an hour. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I do need directions. <laughs> I mean, but that does bring up uh, a point that Megan was talking about. It's not just like that, that influencers are chasing the dopamine charge of getting more followers. There is real money to be made. Mm -hmm. And right now, like one way that companies are competing for you is they're competing for your attention. You know, there are TV shows designed for you to be looking at your phone while you're watching the TV, like two screens at a time. There's mm -hmm. screens in cars for kids to watch TV or to like interact with screens. Mm -hmm. There are like two screen experience yeah. movies you're supposed to go <sighs> to. And it's like all about getting your attention and trying to tell you what to do with that attention or try to mm -hmm. like figure out who you are and recommend things to you to buy. Right. And like influencers are sort of a personalized way for companies to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're like an extension of, uh, I think, um, a marketing history where, you know, people say word of mouth is the most important thing. So it's much easier to be like, oh, I don't have any friends in real life, but <laughs> I follow this girl and I know everything she's doing. We're kind of like friends because like, you know, if she asked me like what I was up to, I could tell her like, oh, well, you know, something similar, blah, blah. Uh, and so you are more influenced by people that you're looking at every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, since we never leave our houses and we're all so distracted, it's like, well, these are my friends now. Mm -hmm. And they're beautiful and they have no pores and they're rich <laughs> and all and of their friends room, are good looking. <laughs> every room they go into is bathed in light it's somehow. so well lit. <laughs> but then there was, I hope this isn't too sad, there was a YouTube star who it was like constantly posting videos and her with her dog and then this video got leaked of her being abusive to her You're dog. trying to get the dog to be cuter. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's like, ugh, you also have to wonder, like, to what 
extent are the humans making these animals go to mm-hmm. to get them those likes? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also, you is know. That crazy? I mean, Do I sound crazy? It's such an insane. I know, it's it. Because it's the insane. animal doesn't care about the likes. The animal's like, give me the food. Yeah, but we I want to throw the ball at me. We'll fuck around with babies all the time. Like I have fr- multiple friends that have mm-hmm. babies and I'm like, Rosie got more likes, you know, like, but your kid, but it, like, mm. but Rosie I do have, deserves I do likes. have baby content yes. that like through the roof. My baby content is huge. Mm. People I mean, love it. There's, but, the, but here's the thing, like we're all, I mean, people who post pictures of animals, we can't really be sure that that's really what the animals like all the time. People who kind of use their kids for Instagram, which in some cases is like to a disturbing yes. degree. I mean, people have gotten in trouble for that too. Like on YouTube, outside of Instagram, like people have gone to jail before like child abuse because they were like, making their kids do yeah. these videos and then something leaks of them like smearing shit on the wall in the background and they're like, oh, that's what serial killer kids do yeah. because you're like neglecting them. Right. Lil Tay, remember Lil Tay? Was mm. that her name? I don't know about that. She, oh, she <laughs> like, she was this young girl who was like rapping and like flaunting mm. like Hummers and Mercedes and then it turned out like it was her mom's boss's house and her mom got fired and is in big <laughs> trouble for child abuse. Yeah. I mean, virality seems like it's, like, it, it literally, like, infects the people who benefit. You know, you go mm. viral, but you also, like, it It makes you sick. There's mm. something wrong. Viral is a, is a, wor- mm. is, is a disease. It comes from virus. Yeah. <laughs> and in your body decaying. Yeah. yeah. There's something also about the idea of us being online all the time and deciding how we're going to represent ourselves. There's going to be a time when this, I think about this shit when I smoke too much pot, <laughs> but also all the time. Um, there's going to be a time when we are dead and what is left is the digital trail that we've mm. made of mm. ourselves. And there's an extreme divergence be- between who we have represented ourselves as online and who we actually were. Our memorials are for imaginary people. Like our digital mm. memorials are for people that but never existed. I would push back on that because, I mean, I think you're right. Like every uh, most of what's online is fake. But like in the history of photography, it's never who people really are. Like, you know, a king is posing with grapes and like someone and like gold and everything. And it's like, yeah, that wasn't every day. That's true. <laughs> like even the photos I have of my grandmother, I'm like, yeah, these, this was the best you looked. Yeah. And like your family spent a lot of money to get this one picture and you're just sitting there like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was doing a dead face as a podcast. You can't hear my face. <laughs> but I think that like. We heard it. Yeah. And I think that like sometimes I'll look back at even like childhood photos and I'm like, that's not what it felt like. I remember being terrified of Santa mm-hmm. and they're like, smile, God damn it. I'm like, I love it here. <laughs> I really want that Barbie. So I guess I'm going to stop crying. Oh, I always am crying with Santa. <laughs> there's no, there's no faking. I'm like, why do I have to sit on him? Like, can I stand near him? That's part of the deal. <laughs> the presents aren't coming unless I touch this man. Maybe I don't want things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> but my family wouldn't let me be. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this last night as I was high and reading all of these <laughs> articles. And I was wondering, like, so when when moving pictures were first invented and people were like, I'm going to be a moving picture star. And their family was like, get a real job. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, we're like seeing that now, too. Because mm-hmm. if I had a child and they were like, I'm going to be an influencer, I'd be like, please don't. Mm-hmm. Um, can you do you something else, yeah. but like maybe they're going to out earn me in six months. And 
and I'm stupid and old. Well, I would be, you know what, honestly, I would say if my, if I had a kid and they wanted to be an influencer, I'd be like, that's fine. But you also need to learn skills that would be useful if the electrical grid went down. Mm-hmm. Like, as right. be yeah, an influencer, <laughs> but like learn how to do, you need to have some apocalypse skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like know where the north is. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Find it, you know, you can find, look at a tree and be like, moss is growing on this side. I don't want to walk in or I do want to walk in this direction. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cartography. Right. The other thing okay. is how hard are people trying when they're, when they're doing their influencing? Because Because it's like, like, I remember when I was in Cuba, we're at this like really pristine, amazing lake and like somebody had a nice DSLR and they were hella not enjoying that lake. Mm -hmm. Like they were going back and forth and taking footsteps along the path, like a number of times. It reminded me of making a documentary, but like kind of a shitty, weird, bad one where you're just going to make the people who feel like people who are looking at this on the internet be like, wow. Mm -hmm. And I follow travel accounts Mm -hmm. and I think about that with like the drone shots that people Mm -hmm. are taking. So now you're in some like pristine, incredible place Mm -hmm. and you're taking these these intense drone shots. So what's that like for everyone else who's at that place? Yeah. Why do we always have to be on set with you? (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Like it's it's and you're literally watching somebody else not like even when that guy like jumped into the lake it was clearly a performance and then as soon as it was done he was like oh yeah get out of the lake and i was like you didn't even you're not even enjoying the fucking lake dude he's at work yeah he's yeah, at work right. do you guys follow celeste barber on instagram yeah yeah she's funny akila do you want to give a rundown of what she does yeah so celeste barber is the goat because uh she uh, basically recreates these absurd famous people and influencer posts, uh, but like like an average person would try to do. So it's like, here's this insane cover of a magazine where someone has contorted their body in an, uh, just an unnatural way and with Photoshop. And she's like, I'm going to do this with no Photoshop and like the same outfit that's like cheaper and made out of duct tape. And we're just going to like try to do it. And I'll post it exactly the same with a caption about like, like that's very... Um, I, I, not, not ironic, but like purposefully mocking. Mm-hmm. Like I too am, am an influencer. This yeah. is me looking great. Like I, I don't know if you all ever saw that um video of some supermodel closing her car door by kicking the like the button at the top of like the back of a van. I don't know how to describe this. Like the van raises up and there's a button at the top. Uh-huh. So she kicked it and then it came down. Like her leg was that long, and so Celeste, you know just films herself trying to kick it for like an hour and a half and then it just never happens. And I'm like, this is, this is what I like. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, exposing the absurdity. And that's, it's funny because she also is an influencer now. And, yeah. she, and she's also like pretty. Yeah. Like and, there's no, like, she's, I think that what is great about what she does is that she exposes the fact that like, you can't judge yourself against what these people with these teams working on them are doing. Mm. And this is what it looks like when a regular person does it. And I'm doing fine and I'm happy and I'm great. But also, she's popular for it. And like something else that I think is interesting about the influencer conversation is like the things that become pervasive that even then become performative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't live in a nuanced time, so I'm going to say something, I'm going to get canceled. (laughs) But I think that like there was a moment where people started being honest about their mental health And then suddenly it was very in vogue to be like, my anxiety, my anxiety. And I'm like, these are people who were creating anxiety in other people with their fake lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that does create a level of anxiety within yourself because you're like, oh, if I meet someone in person, they're going to know I don't look as good as this photo. My house is not as clean. My dog is not as cute, Mm -hmm. whatever. And so like that would create some sort of tension. But Mm -hmm. I do think that there is now a trend of being like, 
I'm going to try to be so relatable in this caption, even with this fake-ass photo, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. then people will like me more. Like, if yeah. Celeste can build something, well, you know, I work out every day, and I'm so hot, so now I can I can appropriate Here's a <laughs> being a regular yeah. person. Yeah. Here's a picture of me pr- crying where I'm obviously trying to, like, look Right, like, I'm not—I'm definitely wearing makeup in my cries, and, and my, yeah. my mascara is running perfectly. I want to revisit something Akilah said really quickly, though, about influencers— <laughs> I think there's like a difference between normalizing uh, mental health concerns mm-hmm. and normalizing making taking care of your mental health yes. and pathologizing normalcy. Yes, and and like it's it's a blurry line and it's not one that I could like. Yeah, look I can't at. diagnose it. Yeah, right. <laughs> no but idea. it but it does seem to be like something that's a little bit troubling. Like pathologizing the fact that you know everybody has good days and bad days. And when you have a bad day, it doesn't mean that you need to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's... And it's also, it becomes then like a competition to see who has the worst problem or like who is... And it's like, it's just the worst part of humanity, which is like, how can I monetize this and make it palatable and make it pretty even when it's like something that, you know, affects you or doesn't. But I think that like, if I was... I'm so glad that social media wasn't a thing when I was in high school. Yeah. Because I think that I would have been like, oh, well, my, like, depression and, like, my, like, body image problems aren't good enough to even post about. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not—I don't have the words to, you know, say this in a way that's poetic cool. and pretty and right. a Rupi Carr poem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't have that. So I guess I my, my mental health isn't as important. Like, it's better to hear about it from someone else. And right. I think that that's— kind of a danger because I also think that like teens are now diagnosing themselves with things because they're like, but that's, I relate to this person that's like 30 years older than me and like filters everything. And she says that she's like crying pretty and I cried ugly the other day. So I guess that I have the exact same problem. I'm like, no. And someone who's like made their brand in that then being like, oh, I can't not be depressed anymore because that goes against what yeah, people I'm aren't gonna money like it. From. Right. Yeah. People aren't gonna like my post if it's not sponsored by Zoloft. And it's like that's a problem. One of those things that crosses over into gross mm-hmm. where you're like, why did you do that? Yeah. What 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 went through your head? Another thing that it, it kind of reminds me of is like influencers can actually take a toll on the things that they are trying to pose in front of. Mm. Like, you guys remember the super bloom? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like last year, there was a super bloom out on the West Coast because of the amount of rain and the 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 spring weather basically gave us like tons of flowers in certain areas. And influencers swarmed these big poppy fields and kind of tramped all over And just over regular them. ass people too. Everyone mm-hmm. I know went. I'm Same. proud of myself I didn't go after I reading go. this article. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm an environmentalist all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my activism. <laughs> yeah. I stayed home. I just didn't want to drive. <laughs> my I acti- look at my own flowers. My activism is staring at a wall. I was like, I'm very But lost. no, it was really sad to read that they like fucked that up yeah. and that we may not have flowers again. Yeah. yeah. No more carbon footprint though if you don't leave your house. But that's <laughs> a bit of the narcissism. Like, but it's like, if you're going to go off paths or you're not going to care, you're going to do whatever you need to get the shot or whatever it is. I think the there is a thing of like entitlement. It's entitlement, but it's also it's more than it's narcissism. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm the one that matters because I need to get the thing for me. Uh, When you're around people like that, Mm -hmm. what does it feel like to the rest of you? When you're around people who Mm -hmm. are like, because there's a I've had a a, I have had had a very specific experience when somebody is like doing stuff for social media, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, 
it doesn't even feel like we're interacting at mm. all. Like Oof, I'm, yeah. I'm in a room with other people and this mm. doesn't even feel like a conversation. Like uh-huh. at this point, it feels like everything we're doing is so that mm. you have something to post so it looks a certain way. It's almost ironic that now photo shoots actually feel the most real. Mm. Yeah. Like when I see a comedian that has like new headshots, I'm like, that feels real to me. I That's know. like something you did and styled and you like went, it, it because you, the, the fourth wall is almost broken. It's mm. like we all know what the social contract mm. is of I sat and paid right. someone to take photographs of yeah. me as opposed yeah. to I'm, yeah, by a toxic waste lake. <laughs> this, is, this, is this is me in a, in a random hallway with my leg up behind me yeah. alone except someone's photographing me. I, Akila, I wanted to to talk about what you said about like this isn't something we've evolved to do. I think that it might be that our technology has advanced more quickly than our brains have advanced. Because obviously we're social animals and we need each other. And that's a healthy thing for people to do is to seek each other out Mm -hmm. and try to make connections. That's the way we survived without getting eaten by bears. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us did, but those you know, <laughs> enough of us yeah. didn't that we were able to like, you know, Maintain. form <laughs> form the human race and destroy the, the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I forgot but, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that t- this technology has like, it like taps into that need and our brains haven't figured out how to separate our social need from what technology allows us mm-hmm. to do. And mm-hmm. one of the articles that we um, used to research this was, kind of discussing how social media is like an engineered addiction. Yeah. Because it takes things that we naturally want and it and it really, it, it kind of makes us indulge them in a way that's like really ugly and doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. But we've also, uh, I think two things too. I think we've, um, we've definitely put tech bros in this like genius space mm. where I'm like, these are... <laughs> dudes that were 18 when they built something and we're just believing that they know better (laughs) than everyone else. But also all of these companies, um, like to your point about, you know, just being um, not as smart as our tech, I think that the gravest mistake we've made as a human society in every regard for like a a forward-facing society is incentivizing clicks, incentivizing time spent on apps, and giving our data away and feeling no way about it. Like, the reason why the algorithm can keep me on Instagram for 10 hours is because every time I click something, it says, okay, I know what she wants to buy because she's liking all of this dumb shit. So now Mm -hmm. I'm going to, they're going to serve me an ad. I'm going to go to that website. For some reason, it never leaves Instagram when you do that. So I'm just spending time and they're making more money. They're Mm -hmm. serving more ads and they're making more money. It's the reason why journalism is dying because it's if it's popular, then it's journalism. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> There's it's no longer like the smartest person or the best take or the most researched thing. We don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. We have to keep the lights on at the New York Times. So we're gonna have to have a racist article every week so mm-hmm. that people click it and get angry. Like that's the times we're living in. And I don't see a way out of that. Because I think that like, yeah, it's very lucrative for brands. You can be um you can have a micro business and be successful and have a house in Byron Bay <laughs> if, you know. You just, you just, like, if you have the engine of social media to say, I'm going to serve this ad to people who are impressionable at 2 a.m. and really want to buy into what you're, you know, the bullshit you're selling. Mm -hmm. When you're exploiting something that's natural in individuals anyway, though, like, there was also an article that was like Dorian Gray. It's Mm -hmm. like, beauty has always been valued. Mm -hmm. Like, youth has always been valued, whether that was like at the debutante ball or whatever Mm -hmm. it was or 
that whatever the event was where we valued those same tropes, it's like now you can put that on the Internet and it's just constant access to Mm -hmm. it. So now the difference is that it's 24-7 and it's on a much broader and a much more global scale. But what you're saying is that you think systemically there's something you're, you're saying that you could actually change the technology and incentivize better behavior if the interface of the way that the technology was structured was different? Yeah, I think that like, I think that you're right. We always seek out uh, beauty. And I think that like, that's just too ingrained in our culture to be removed. But I do believe that like, we've created algorithms and ways to say, and I think like, you know, we can point specifically to Google for this, but it's like, clicks are how you make money. Mm -hmm. Like we can serve more ads if people click on your content. And Google ads tells brands how many people are visiting your site. And so You've now got, and YouTube has the same thing. They're owned by Google. Instagram has the same thing. The more people follow you, the more money you're likely to make because these numbers matter. And I think that had it not been set up in a way to say popularity is the only metric for good, then people might be posting more thoughtful things and we would be consuming more thoughtful things because, you know, the algorithm wouldn't be pushing bullshit Mm -hmm. for the sake of clicks. And so, you know, I'm going to get served a bunch of, you know, alt-right garbage on YouTube because they know I'll stay there either to get mad or to agree with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's how YouTube makes money. They don't have a moral stance. They just want people to stay there. Yeah. So can I, so can I present a theory to you guys? I know that there's a lot of hand wringing about all of this being bad for kids. Like all these kids are being brought in and it definitely is. But I think that there's a lot of, we've, we've neglected the discussion around the fact that this is bad for people who aren't digital natives. Not, nobody is worse at the internet Ooh, than a then, person who got them. Facebook at 40. Yes. And those people are the one that handed Donald Trump the election. Those mm-hmm. people are the one that the ones that have no yeah. media literacy in the digital age. Interneticate. Exactly. Yes. exactly. <laughs> They're the oversharers. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to someone I know in real life, I'm going to the internet. Mm-hmm. Or fighting it, all day on yeah. Facebook. And I think that, that another version of that is, you know, right now we're in the middle of this impeachment trial in the Senate, and all of the Republican senators are just lap, just just embarrassing lapdoggery mm-hmm. for Donald Trump. And part of the reason that they're all doing it is because they're afraid of him tweeting about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, log off. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. log off. And I think that there's that's a problem that I see in a lot of people that are that weren't digital natives mm-hmm. and that never quite developed the part of the brain that can separate. real life and the feeling of like the internet. I think that younger people have a little bit better coping ability to be like, oh, you know what? That's just Instagram. I know that that's fake. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, I think it's amazing to watch an authentic argument on Facebook with older people who are like telling you exactly what they would be saying in real life. In a way, there's something very authentic to that. It's like when people are, when, you know, an old teacher of mine is like, oh, like teachers for Trump or whatever it is. And then there's a, like a literal political debate that's happening below it. This is exactly what these people would be saying in real life. Mm. And not to each other. I think it's even crazier than what they'd be saying in real life. Oh, I think it's definitely crazier. When I was at, uh, when I was working at Jezebel, I used to get real, real rude Real rude missives from people because Mm -hmm. my email was... But you're saying older people? Older people. Yeah, a lot of them men. And what I started doing toward the end of the time (laughs) is just... I mean, it's like, dude, I've got a fucking Nexus Lexus login, Lexus Nexus. I can do all of... like. I, I have all these tools at my disposal to figure out who you are. Mm. And one time I forwarded an, 
<laughs> I forwarded an email. A guy emailed a me. Threat. I the guy email. No, but it's like, dude, you want to pull me into a dark alley and punch me in the face? I'm going to press gonna charges. Fucking mm-hmm. find out who so you are. like, so like this <laughs> guy. The guy sent me an email that was just like sexist, racist, just uh, appalling. And I found out that he was a doctor at a <gasps> hospital, and I forwarded it to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, weird. Snap. You probably shouldn't be treating women or anyone of color or anything. Just, yeah, he's a murderer. Just to be clear, the the Facebook thread that I read was pretty civil. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was, oh, well, like, it was like people being like, respectfully, no. I disagree because oh. of this, oh. or you were an amazing teacher <laughs> to my child, and it's so disheartening because of Damn. X, Y, and Z. So it was it was way more civil. Yeah, where I, are you from? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm from Kentucky. I'm like, you should get on my Indiana thread <laughs> because that is not what's happening. No, it's all just shots fired. Yeah. But yeah, also, to your point, I got an email here at Crooked from a weird old man, not that old, 40s, um, who was like, you, like, I, I think I just quote tweeted Donald Trump's like old tweet where he was like, can we impeach a president for incompetence? And I was like, yeah. we just did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you didn't do anything but awaken the like sleeping beast, 53 million Americans, blah, 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 whatever. All this crazy racist shit. And his... That he didn't even come up with. Right. And that his, he was influenced by somebody to write that yes. tweet. And his phone number was in the email. So I signed him up for every scam, like <laughs> contest sweepstakes online. I was like, copy, paste. And like, I put like racist McDick face as the name. So I know he's been getting calls forever right. <laughs> that are just like, hello, racist McDick face. You've won a carnival cruise. And he's like, stop calling. Oh, he's going on that carnival cruise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. I love a cruise. Yeah. You need <laughs> my social security number? Cool. <laughs> How did they know my name? That I go? How did they know my preferred name? One thing, I will say that it's like, like, I know that people on the internet aren't real, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is this is influencer adjacent, but I will say, like, hurtful comments on the internet, or you, you've you gotten a ton of this, I remember when you said from Jezebel, but it's like when people say really nasty stuff, it still feels real mm-hmm. to some extent. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I will, yeah. sometimes I'll go and I'll, like, look someone up. There's one mm-hmm. guy who was like, you're the worst, or I hate you, or your face is dumb. And then it's <laughs> like, I looked at his page, and it was like, there was an animatronic, uh, like a an Sex avatar oh. that was a animated cartoon that was wearing a a, a patriotic bikini mm. uh, where the balls were just shaking as dancing for two minutes. And I was like, I would never take this person seriously in real life. And mm-hmm. it's amazing the way that mm-hmm. it's amazing the way that it can be challenging, even when you know it cognitively, like viscerally, it can still feel hard to separate. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, it feels hurtful, but that's an important thing yeah. to internalize is that like, I think of it after, you know, maybe 10 years of being somebody who was accessible and reachable online by people who don't like me. Mm. Um, I think of it as sort of like when a kid if you're babysitting a kid and you won't let them eat candy for dinner and they get mad and they go take a black crayon and they draw you and they scribble over your face and they show you the picture and they're like, this is you. And you're like, <laughs> okay. like okay, You got me. Yeah. <laughs> I know the intention is you wanted you wanted to do a mean thing to me. And I, I don't like that. But also like this doesn't hurt me, you know? Mm, right. It doesn't. I mean, the internet is real enough that it can influence elections and ruin democracy, Mm -hmm. but it's not real enough that it can ruin your day, you know? Mm. (laughs) Unless it's that kitten dying. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't remind me. At least the mom, Twinkle, got adopted. Okay, Mm, good for Twinkle. You know, (laughs) our influencer-in-chief is a really good example (laughs) of, of the way that influence culture can get totally out of hand. And I we have to wrap up this discussion right now, but I want to wrap it up with the fact that 2020 primaries starting up right now. Mm-hmm. 
eyes on the prize. Mm-hmm. We, we got to get that guy out mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully move to a more sane future where influencers are only selling us perfect lives yes. and sun-washed hallways instead of uh, annihilation. As we were sitting here, I got a cameo request. (laughs) Awesome. And on that note, here are some ads. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. And we're back. We've reached the part of the show where we get real petty about things that don't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. It's the hills we'll die on. Let's get started with a listener hill. Hey, Hysteria listeners. This is Shihana from San Francisco. The hill that I will die on is at the airport. After you go through the security line, stop putting on your clothes, your shoes, whatever you took off at the fucking belt. Go and pick up your shit, take your little trays, and go sit down. You know what? They provide you a space to do it. When you're doing it at the belt, all you're doing is being selfish, inconsiderate, and inconvenient to everyone. Stop being an asshole. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. That's an old man thing. That's uh, Airports are amateur hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I'm never the most indignant as when I'm at the airport and someone, like, pushes my stuff to get their stuff because it's like slowly coming out and I'm like, excuse me. And the man's like, oh, I had to get my things. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're all getting on a flight. You fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> Back up. And he's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I like ruin every old man's day. I have an airport-based hill. Okay, so. go ahead. <laughs> I think bathrooms in the airport all the doors swing into the stall. But now <laughs> nobody is checking bags because it costs money to check bags. So we all have suitcases in. They need to redo all the bathroom mm-hmm. doors so they swing out. There's got to be some ergonomical reason they didn't do that in the first place. They'd hit people or something. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you're this like, excellent. we're dipping coats in toilets. We're, <laughs> you're getting the door stuck on your suitcase. It's, it's just not, yeah. it makes no it sense. Is. And it's like, if someone gets hit with a door, you make a friend. That you're not. That's not the end. That's the <laughs> that's the least bad thing that's going to happen to you while you're flying. You edge into like where the toilet is. It's like so it, bad. The space between yes. the seat yes. and the wall, just so that yeah, then, and like then you're stuck. like pushing. You're pushing the door closed over your suitcase. You're just turning like performing the suitcase. Gy- just, it's like gymnastics. Just yeah. open it's the door. It's yoga. It's Pilates. Out. Makes you know what? It's figure skating. I figure. I feel like a male figure skater, like twirling my tiny little partner <laughs> as I'm getting <laughs> into the bathroom mm-hmm. stall at the airport. Okay, that's a good one. I'll die there with you, Megan. Thank Beautiful. You. Thanks, guys. Okay, so here's my hill. My hill is uh, long con, wedding, and man related, straight man related. Um, okay, so I have a theory. I think that straight men, as children, fake having bad handwriting. So that mm-hmm. when they get married, they don't have to write thank you cards. Mm. That's what I think they're faking it. Because, okay, so we had an engagement party over the holiday. And we're writing thank you cards. And as we were writing them out, Josh was like, oh, look at my handwriting. <laughs> Shows me. Okay, first of all, I'm, <laughs> I'm left-handed. Mm, so my same. handwriting should be shit. Yeah. And it's not. It's beautiful. Same. Because I learned how to write. Josh has no excuse. 
And there's no excuse for it looking like a like a 10-year-old boy wrote the addresses on our envelopes. There's mm-hmm. no excuse for that. I just think that I think it's it, I think it's learned helplessness. I think it's mm-hmm. straight male learned helplessness so that one day they don't have to do thank you cards. Okay, uh Kieran, you want to go next? Mine is about uh chargers. Mm. Uh there's so many of them now. <laughs> like it's the, you know, I I have like a tangle. <laughs> this does sound like an old man. <laughs> I am an old man. Why is everything a different charger? <laughs> I hate it. The EU <laughs> is literally uh, going into like a like they're maybe going to legislate a universal cable cuz it's fucking ridiculous. It's like bad for the environment. It's bad for your, it's bad for money. Mm-hmm. It's like, why the fuck do you, what is the, Capitalism. Why? why? This <laughs> why? honestly sounds like something Joe Biden would say in the next debate. But that's how I feel. <laughs> it's like, obsolescence. I, <laughs> I literally haven't bought a telephone in years. A telephone. Yeah. <laughs> you went all the way. You said I haven't bought name. a telephone. A rotary phone. <laughs> I got right in my horseless carriage and I, I, haven't, drove I haven't bought the rotary my since, telephone. <laughs> since 1897. <laughs> Kieran, and Kieran picks up her phone and she goes, operator, <laughs> operator. Can There's I no be- dial tone. <laughs> I don't trust, I don't trust the EU to be able to get this done though, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, they're going to Brexit they need on to that focus too. on what they've got on their plate they've right got, now. I mean, yeah, it does seem, it seems low on the priority <laughs> list. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I, I read that article and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it EU. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is relatable. Anyway, I'm, I'm upset by the a number of I blame Apple. To have. Mm. Yeah, it Apple's is, too much influence. They're fucked up. too close to the sun. Yeah, Akila, what hill will you die on? Uh, so many, but I definitely think that um, the one that's getting to me lately is people don't ever speak at the right volume. And I think that I have really good hearing. Like when they do those things for like, if you have young ears, you can hear this frequency. Like I always hear it. Weird flex. Weird flex, but okay. These <laughs> See, ears that's are how you it use up. it. <laughs> it's right. My ears can hear stuff really well. <laughs> and I feel like no one is ever the right volume. Like if you're at a drive through, it's just like, yeah. But then when you're like at TSA, they're like, you have to go oh. over here. And I'm like, I'm right next to you. You're screaming into my face about taking my shoes off and I'm in pre-check. So I'm not going to. And you're talking too goddamn loud. It's seven in the morning. I oh. hate a loud talker. I'm, what, I'm always like, I'm right here. Like, I can't. A volume just, hill feels like an old people hill. Too. No, because it's like, like, this mm-hmm. is an old people hill. Old people are literally complaining about noise. Like, shut up. It's like, not that it's loud, loud always, be, though. Or be yeah, quiet. Like, or be quiet. Yeah, it's There's, the wrong volume. I think that they're just like in in the actual rooms that we're in, people are unaware of the distance. And yeah. I tend to think that it is it is a technology thing. And I think that like in ways it's an old thing. Like it because my mom yells on the phone and I'm like, it's it's up to my ear. I hear yeah. you clearly. Yeah. The sound doesn't need to travel from Kentucky to right. Like Los she Angeles. thinks that like, oh man, she has to make this connection. So it's just <laughs> screaming. Sometimes she'll be standing like I'm sitting next to Erin. She'll be sitting this far away from me. And she'll be like, Kayla. And I'm like, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> it gives me a lot of rage when you yell, when you're like, I can literally whisper. I could do that thing where I throw my voice. I'm that close. Yeah. It's wild. All right, guys. Uh, that's all the time we have for the Hills this week. If you want to send us one, you can record a voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. If you have an opinion about the Hills from this week, you can tweet at us using the hashtag hysteria. You know, a funny thing about that hashtag, if you click on it, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Def Leppard content. <laughs> 
Mm. Uh, lot of people who uh, are, are bots tweeting about vaping rules and how they shouldn't exist. Um, and then there's a lot of our great listeners tweeting about things that they heard on the show. So let's use it. Let's overtake that hashtag because I don't really need to read about vaping in Def Leppard anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for stopping by today. Akila, thanks for waking up in the morning. Only for you. <laughs> Kieran and Megan, thank you for stopping by. Thanks to Alyssa Master Monaco for calling in and thanks to you for listening. There will be more Hysteria next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Malconian for filming and editing our video content every week. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.